Yes, so I'd like to reiterate Anna's welcome. I am her husband, and we together lead our awesome young people on Friday nights and our awesome team. And I got to start off by thanking our awesome team. Um, it was we were a, a part of it under Simon and Georgia, and they they were laid it down for what it is now. But these guys have continued, um, and they continually go the extra mile. They continually sacrifice things and continually go out of their comfort zones to bring the good news to young people. Um, so I just want to thank you guys. You are the best team. Um, of course, you're the best team because um, we're in the best church in the best place in the world. So why wouldn't... Let's just give them some encouragement. Thank you so much, guys. And I just want to bring some, uh, some of the youthfulness to Sunday morning. What we, do, we like to do some things during the message because, hey, if I find that sometimes it's quite easy for me to switch off. So, and especially for the younger you are, the more your mind is crazy. But I'm sure that there's still times where us um, older folk, you know, where, where, yeah, that's right, I'm, I'm, I'm joining in to this morning. You know, I can be tempted to think about other stuff. So we like to engage in the message. So we have a few things. We, there's an oldie and a goodie. There's that, I'm writing that down. And you can, you can holler that out any moment you say, I say something or you hear something and you hear God speak to you and you're like, yeah, I'm writing that down because I want to remember that later. So you can yell that out. I won't be offended. In fact, I'll be encouraged. The other thing that we do here, if you don't want to say because you're like, I'm a little too nervous to yell or say, you're like, not like Anna just coming out and yelling straight away with that confidence, you can just fan the flame. Fan the flame, baby. That's what we call it. Look at all the young people know what it is. And what, all it is, it's, it's like what you're speaking is fire, and I'm going to fan that fire so that it flames in my heart, and I remember it later on, and it transforms my life. So that's why we fan the flame. You can yell out, come on, fan the flame, preach it, brother, whatever. It's, it does encourage me, but it also, when I'm doing it, it helps me engage. So there's the encouragement this morning to get out of the comfort zone. If you're already not out of your comfort zone, I'm sure that most of the people in this room are, so, but we're in it together. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So, uh, in youth, we've been talking about humble giants, which is our theme this term, which is basically all about talking about how to have gigantic faith through the gateway of humility and um, just encouraging our young people that, yes, we, we, we want to step into confidence, we want to be boldness, uh, we want to be bold and have boldness, but that comes through the gateway of kneeling at the cross and submitting our lives to Jesus. And that's how we know that our confidence, uh, it come, where, that's where it comes from, and that's the pillar we stand on. But I really wanted to bring a message around prayer because um, who has loved the 40 Days of Prayer Challenge in August? It's absolutely been awesome. Um, it's simple things, simple little reminders that help us uh, reconnect in a new way. Um, I when, it, when you first look at it, when I first looked at it, I was like, nah, this might get a bit old. But it actually was really, really helpful in, in reminding me how to pray and reminding me that I don't want to pray just my words. I want to pray His Word over my life. And so this whole thing has now come into a, a short message that I want to bring to you um, called Prayer, the Pattern of Freedom. Prayer, a, a pattern of freedom. Or the, pra or, yeah, pattern of freedom. And I've put in brackets in our minds because I think that our minds have a lot going on. 
and I know that there is freedom for us through Christ. So why don't we just start in prayer and then we'll get stuck into it. Lord, we just thank you um, for this opportunity to meet together. Lord, as a family, as a church, God, we just pray that you would bless this word. Father, that your words would flow right now. And Lord, we would be transformed by something you are saying to us today. God, that we are so confident you're here. We're so confident that you love us. And Lord, we're so grateful again for this opportunity to meet together in your presence. Amen. So we're going to go to, straight to 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. So at youth, we also say, what's the catchphrase? Can everyone yell it out? Let's, what we bring to youth. This is what we bring to youth. Let's go one more time. Something to note take. Yeah, and that's not just so we can have something to chant. That's because we really believe in what in those three things is we believe in God's Word, that it has the final say, that it transforms our lives. We believe that we want our friends to experience what we have and so that they can find new life in Jesus. And we want to write it down because we forget things so easily. And I, am, I forget things all the time, and I will tell you, but... Um, uh, you know, writing it down, just small things as well. You don't have to write an essay, but writing down one thing can, can actually stick with you. You can meditate on it, repeat it in your head, and then it can change your life. So that's why we say that little chant. But we're going to go, so 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, reading from the NIV. And it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. But this is the next moment I want to hone in on this morning. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, straight away, there's, there's the whole message. So um, if you've written that down, you know, that's good. We'll just leave it there. There is so much in this little phrase that has absolutely changed and transformed my life. So I'm very excited to share, to kind of just break it out. So the first thing I want to, I've got three points. The first point that I'm taking away, straight away, is the word we. Which isn't, you know, not the most obvious word in there, but straight away it's what stands out to me is we. I want to take this opportunity to really highlight the power of unity. The power of us. The power of us together. The power of doing life together, rubbing shoulders with, with mates and, and good friends and good company, which is what I believe that we have in this church. I really do believe that it's all about relationships, our relationship with God, our relationships in our church, our relationships with our families, with our friends, saved, unsaved, whatever walk of life. I think it's all about relationships. There is something powerful about doing it together. But not only should we know that, we need to know that because someone else knows that, and that he is the devil. He knows that there is power in us doing it together, which is why he doesn't want young people to come to Friday night. It's why he doesn't want you to bring your kids to church on Sunday, why he doesn't want you to come to church on Sunday, why he wants you to avoid connect group. It's all because there is power in unity. And unity is rough. Unity is like... It's dirty because we're, we're, it's, it's messy because we're all different. And we all say different things, wear different things, and do different things. But that's where the power comes from when we unite together is we are so much more stronger together that, that it's all covered, you know? All areas are covered. You want someone to, to yell prophetic words in your life, then you go to Anna, you know? If, if you want someone to give you a hug, you go to John. His bear hugs are the best hugs in the world, I'll tell you that. Not at the moment. 
So sick of COVID. <laughs> but we're better together. I think that's one thing that we say all the time is we're better together, and I really believe it. And one thing that um, I pulled out of why it's, we're better together in this scenario about taking our thoughts captive is sometimes life is too much. Sometimes a situation is really big and you're not weak or, or um, you know, pathetic for having a human moment. There is stuff that wants to take you out and stuff that's going to get on your shoulders that is too heavy for you to bear alone. But I want to read from 1 Corinthians. This is just a verse that just goes along with this whole th- statement of we're better together. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 25. It says, So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you who are the body of Christ, that is us. You who are the body of Christ, and each one of you who is a part of it. So when, we rejo- when one of us is honored, all of us rejoice. When one of us suffers, we all suffer. When there's a storm in our life, it's so helpful to have faith-filled family around you. You might have a really close natural family, but maybe they're not really that you know, strong in faith and they're not going to be the first ones to pray with you. That is 100% what we can do. You should have no problem with messaging pretty much anyone that's sitting in this room and be like, look, I'm going through this. I need your prayers. I would be so confident to say that I think we all would answer that with a prayer. Answer with that, yes, you can do this. We're believing for you. We, we love you. We're behind you. We've got this. We're going to pick your arms up when you can't hold them up any longer. And so that's why it's so important to do it as we. Because when that takes a toll mentally on our minds, when our minds are saying things and it's a bit too much for us to snuff it out or speak against it, it's really helpful to have a mate put his arm around you and say, it's all good, you've got this. When we forget things, that's why we have family and friends around us to remind us who we are. And, and God works in all ways. And I believe he never leaves you. No doubt he never leaves you. But I think one of the reasons we have people in our lives is because he moves through them in our lives. So we is the first thing. I've got, I made a little thing here saying, saying we will turn your life of me upside down. So you can write that one down if you want. You can write it down. Yeah, come on. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's probably only the first letter because if you flip the whole word, it, it, it looks silly and it's not English. So just use the first letter. Turn that me, the M, upside down and we've got we. But it's so important. If you remember that, I don't even mind. It's silly, but it's powerful. There is power behind it. So Saying we will turn your life of me upside down. If you're alone, if you feel alone, that's a lie from the devil. I'm telling you. All you have to do is flip it. And it starts with taking captive our thoughts. So we're going to move to the second point, which is how we do this. Take captive every thought. Highlight on captive. Um, I actually did some research, I know, believe it or not. I checked out some studies and I went to some foundations and I got some stats. I know, everyone's like, is this Shane? Is this Shane? Is this this guy that, you know, fumbles over his words and hits his head on the drums? Is this the guy? Yes, it is the guy. Because God can move through anyone. So, (laughs) according, here are some stats. These are fun. I enjoy, I figured out I enjoy stats. They're really fun. 
According to the TLEX, don't know how you say that, Institute, the National Science Foundation says that on average, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. I know. I, I joked around with John that I'm pretty sure my wife has 60,000 words a day as well. <laughs> and that just creates more thoughts in my brain. But no, she's awesome. She's so good. Probably more, actually, straight from the, there it is. There's more. Just keep them coming. <laughs> Even more at night time when I'm trying to sleep. I always say, busy brains don't sleep. Shh, go to sleep. <laughs> we didn't sleep well last night, did we? It was just good nerves, good nerves, you know. So 60,000 thoughts a day. Here, here, here's some crazy things that actually are a bit scary. 80% of them are negative. 95% of them are exactly the same repetitive thought you had the day before. 95%. What are you thinking about today? You're going to be thinking about it tomorrow. Guaranteed. It says here. You're going to. So start thinking about good things. What are you thinking about tomorrow? Donuts. Let's think about donuts. I'm thinking about donuts. You're going to think about donuts tomorrow because you're going to think of this and then you go, donuts. You're not thinking negative anymore. Hallelujah. Come on. There's your 5%. <laughs> so the Cornell University, another study, says... What does it say? 85% of what we worry about never happens. You're thinking, <laughs> that's right. We thought about it. We fixed it. Never happened. Hey, who knows why? I'm just going to keep going with the stats. 85% <laughs> never happens. With the 15% of worries that did happen, 79% of the subjects that they studied discovered that either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or that the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. I know, maybe it's not about how you feel. Maybe it's about something bigger. I don't know. Just going to throw that out there. I'm preaching to myself here. This is the whole thing. The conclusion is... <laughs> is that 97, 97% of our worries are baseless and result from an unfounded, pessimistic perception. 95, you're writing that down. See, this is why I need you to pay attention. <laughs> it helps me. 97% is a pessimistic perspective. That sounds really not nice, does it? Kind of sounds like it sucks. <laughs> so it's kind of what I'm pulling from that is maybe the mind matters a little bit, you know? Maybe what's going on in there is worth taking control of. I really do believe that we have the power to shut off the negative thinking. And I'm going to share a ridiculous story with you that is absolutely silly, but I believe in silly. I really believe that, you know, childlike faith. We're meant to be like children. So you, this might look like it's pointing fun of me, but I'm, I'm confidently sharing this story from a place of confidence that, A, it's never going to happen again, and B, that I'm still loved and this does not matter. It's the plumbing story of our laundry. <laughs> and... <laughs> So, I was being a really responsible husband, right? We have a laundry. I know. Uh, what? Guess who, guess who uses it more? I think me. I think me. So, I'm not sure. The cats. Yeah, the cats live in the laundry. My gosh. The litter is real. I tell you what. Um, this actually is funny. Uh, so, 
<laughs> the plumbing story. I bought a new tap when we first moved in because one of the old taps didn't work and we had a rainwater tap that we were connected to. We don't want to use the rainwater for the washing because we do lots of washing. So I'm like, I'm going to buy a new tap so we can connect that tap to the mains, right? So we have just flowing water that we pay for anyway. So <laughs> I've gone to do this and halfway through doing it, we had someone, come, a contractor come and install a fireplace. Well, he was going to, so he had to come do all the measurements, and I got totally distracted by that. I was about halfway through the tap moving things, and I actually was really struggling. I didn't have the right tools, and it's funny. Um, and so we, uh, I got distracted, and then I went, I, after he left, I went in to do some more work. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to go to band practice. I better be on my way. So I got in my car and I'm like, this is all good, reversing out. And I was like, I saw the like, you know, the water tap in the front yard that turns the water and off and on to the house. I saw that and I'm like, oh, I've turned that off. Anna's coming home soon. I'm going to need to turn that on so she has flowing water because I'm just such a caring husband. I did not want her to go without. And so what have I done? I've put the car in, like, park and, and left it running, got out and just gone, cheat, 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 cheat. And then I hear, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. I mean, I'm no handyman, but I don't think it should be doing that. <laughs> and the little ticker thing that tells you how much water you're using was literally going like an Uzi gun. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, this doesn't, oh. And you know those moments where it all becomes clear? And the stars align, and you just know exactly what's going on. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> and I turned the tap off, and I didn't even run. I was just so disappointed. I turned the tap off. I'm like, shut the car door. You know, oh, actually, no, I turned the car off because I'm not going to be here a while. Slowly walked into <laughs> the house, and uh, it was a mess. There was water. So I hadn't actually put the tap on yet. So the pipe was just like this, and the, the flow was real. My God, like it went everywhere. It went straight from one wall straight onto the other. It was splashing all onto the roof. There was, as I walked in, the, the drain thing wasn't, there was no swirly thing because it was that full on the floor, and it was like, a, I didn't even step in it because it looked like a swimming pool. I'm not going to go swimming. I'm going to go to band. And <laughs> it was leaking out onto the carpet, and I literally just like... My, that's like a, that's a nightmare, isn't it? That's like a situation no one wants to be in. And, and, and I was in it. And it was, yeah, uh, it was, and I just like, I was just so like disappointed. Like I just waiting for the water to drain out first. So I'm just sitting there like, oh, you, you've got to be kidding me. This is a big oopsie moment for me. Really, really big one. And I cleaned it up, and then I'm like, I have to go to band. I was late for band. Edward lives, our uh, brother-in-law, lives just down the road. He came, saved the day, because he's an actual handyman. Had the right tools. Got the tap on. Yeah, come on, Ed. Fan Ed. And now we have a laundry tap that works. And a very clean laundry. <laughs> it's one way to clean your laundry. Just take the tap off. And here's my, like, just little, little funny, little funny story. But here's where I'm just going to, like take it back to this, to this uh, whole concept of the pattern of freedom in our minds, is you're the tap in this story. You can let the water flow everywhere and let it have complete rain in your laundry. Or you can control that water and direct it to a source that is not only going to not mess up your laundry and make a giant mess, but also get a job done and do it really well. 
You're going, to go home, you're going to go from having laundry that is soaking wet to not only a dry laundry, but dirty clothes now clean. So we've turned a whole situation of calamity and water and chaos to now we have nice, clean, warm laundry ready. And you're the tap in this story. And what I mean by that is that you have the authority to take these thoughts captive, to catch them and stop them in their tracks. It doesn't say... God's going to be in front of you and catch all the thoughts and be like, here, think about this one. He's like a deck of cards and he's like, you don't want them. Have this one. Your mind is your battlefield. Your mind is in your control. And I'm not discrediting tough thoughts that we might have. I think from now and then we can all have really tough thoughts. But that's where the, the freedom comes from not capturing it, but what we do after. We have the authority to take these thoughts captive. No thought is off limits. It says every thought captive. There's not one thought that you think, that you recycle in your head, that even might come out as words after. You can capture it. You have the power to catch it. It starts there. It starts with us. We have to make the decision to catch these thoughts, whatever thought it might be. What we do with it after is really important because maybe you're a really good catcher. Maybe you catch these thoughts and you always think about, I should not have said that. I should not have thought of that. I do not want to think this. And then you're like, well, I did. Oh, this is me now. And then you keep thinking it and you keep thinking it and you might capture it, but what do you do with it? My point three is we make it obedient to Christ. This is where the freedom comes from. We make it obedient to Christ. We capture it and we make it obedient not to a program, not to a mentor, not to a loved one, not to a friend, whilst God has given us all these things that are so helpful to, to help do this with, we need to take these thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. It's not enough to just catch them. It's just a means to an end. It's what we do with them that really matters. We submit them to Christ. And the way that we do that... One really awesome way we can do that is how we've been doing it for the last 40 days with 40 days of prayer, is we take it to the Word. We submit it to the Word. Whatever thought you have, it's not too dirty for the Word. It's not too dirty for Jesus. It's not too far gone that Jesus cannot handle it. He died for our sins and He is alive and the Word is one thing that we can use all the time to refine our thoughts. We take these thoughts to the Word if we submit our thoughts to anything other than God's Word, it has the capacity to change and have influence from things that we might not want it to have influence from in the long run. It's that whole thing about feelings. If we feel something or think something, if we just go with that, it's going to change. It always does. My, I have about 60 different emotions a day, probably 60,000 emotions a day. I don't know. But <laughs> you don't. You're just words, yeah. <laughs> so if we, built, put our, if we just go with our feelings and our thoughts and whatever we're thinking on the spot, it's going to change and we're constantly going to be changing and changing and changing and then we're going to be like, I'm so uncomfortable with changing. I just want to be consistent. Like I'm so exhausted from all these thoughts and letting them reign in my life. But if we submit our thoughts to Jesus, if we submit 
our thoughts to the Word, which never changes. Can I say it never changes? God never changes. His Word never changes. It was good enough for you 20 years ago. It's good enough for you now. It's going to be good enough for you in the next 20 years. It never changes. The Word says the same thing. So when our situations and our feelings change, if we are submitting our thoughts to the Word, we can be sure, we can be confident that our thoughts and words align with God's. That's why we talk about it being a solid anchor in our life. Because a wayward thought can take you anywhere it wants if you let it. But if you capture it, if you submit it to the Word, then uh, this is why it's a pattern. It's a pattern. I wonder how many times we do it and we're like, I'm a bit sick of doing this. I'm still here in this situation. It's been a week. And I've, I've spoken against it, I've prayed against it, I've said God's word on it, and I'm still here. That's still doing the feelings thing. And trust me, I'm the, I do it the most. And this is why I think this word is so, um, I don't know, alive and open in my life. It's because it's changed my life and is changing my life. The thing is, there's no destination. It will keep on changing it. No matter what, how good my thoughts get or whatever, I, it will constantly realign me. It will constantly change because the word never changes. That is a solid anchor to live our lives on. I just want to share a small example in my life about how this has really, really affected my life. Is I have a constant thought, and it's a constant battle, a constant thought in my mind that I do not know how to be a good husband, that I don't know how to be a good father. I'm not one yet, don't worry. But, you know, it's, it's happening, you know. It's, it's going to happen one day. It's going to happen one day. And I'm like, yeah, nah, let's, I'm not, don't know how to do that. I'm not going to, nah, I don't think so. I want to, I want to be, but this thought, see, that's the thing. It's not even in line with what I want. What I, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. But this thought is lying to me saying, you're not, you don't know how. How, how can you think you do? Not only was it not presented to you, but, you know, it's just, you're crazy, dude. Like, the things that you do, you can't be, you just can't be a good husband. You can't be a good father. And this is a thought that I'm suppressed for a while. And then I talked to Pastor Julie about it. And then we went over to their house and Pastor Bruce said something. And this is what changed it all. Pastor Bruce said to me, he said, I know how to be a good husband because of my relationship with Jesus. Because of my faith in Jesus, I have everything I need to be the best husband I can be to my wife. I know how to love my wife because I know what it is to be loved by Jesus. I know how to love my family and I know how to take care of them because I am taken care of by Jesus, by God. And you're writing that down. And he said, I didn't get the direct quote. He, that was something that he said and we talked about it and he couldn't, like, we couldn't work it out. But it comes from this verse, 2 Peter 1, 3. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. I've been given everything I need to be a good husband. I've been, and it's, if all it takes is one thought to completely derail my journey as a husband with my wife, then that doesn't sound very firm to me, does it? It doesn't sound like I'm basing it on good things, on the one thing I want to base on, which is God's Word. 
And so I can't say it enough that how this has changed my life, and it is changing. I don't even know how long it's been, like two weeks or something. And every time I think this thought, I'm like, no, no, I have everything I need. I I can do this. And And I quote scripture over every thought that I have, because that is how we make it obedient to Christ. So I just want to rattle off some verses and some, I've made some, like if the music team want to come back up, that'd be so good. I want to give you some verses or some examples of how we can do this very, very simply. So maybe you have a situation, I'm going to say a situation and then a verse and just show you how easy it is to take really any verse and put it over our situation. God, my situation is tricky. How can this turn out for good? Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. Instantly debunked. Instantly, oh, that's right. Like, it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good. You've got this. All things work for good, no matter how tricky the situation. It instantly derails the thought that was derailing and aligns you to His purpose, makes you solid. God, I don't feel like anyone is on my side. Romans 8, love Romans 8. Just read all of Romans 8. It's a really good chapter. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He's on your side. You're not alone. He's on your side and we're on your side. You have people in your life that are on your side. Lord, I'm real scared about the situation coming up. I'm not sure I have what it takes. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God, I'm so drained. I'm not enough. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. God, I'm so sick of my job. My boss sucks. (laughs) We've all thought it. I don't know. Maybe we haven't. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that in your labor, that you, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Lord, I don't know what the heck I'm doing out here. Am I even in the right place? Have I spent the last 10 years doing not your will? And am I stuck? Am I, am I, am I in the wrong spot? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Lord, my faith is weary. Like, I'm just exhausted. <laughs> These young people take it out of me. Exodus 15:2. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will praise Him and I will exalt Him. I mentioned before, it's because of my faith in Jesus that I can do all things. I just want to invite you to close your eyes. I just want to ask you if you know Jesus. I'm going to lead us in a prayer together that just invites Him into our hearts. It's the start of a journey. There's so much to learn about Him and it never ends and it's so good. But if you want to take captive your thoughts this morning, the first step is meeting the guy who you submit them to, is meeting the guy who's already paid for it, already died for your sins. His name is Jesus. So I want you to just repeat after me. We're just going to say this prayer. 
And if this is your first time you prayed this prayer, maybe you're watching online, I just want you to click the I just prayed that prayer button. And if you're here, maybe come down and see us. We'll pray with you again. But why don't we repeat after me and say this prayer together. Lord God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son who died for my sins and rose to life again. I am sorry for my sins and ask for your forgiveness. I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. I ask you to transform my life and give me your Holy Spirit to lead me all of my days. Help me to catch my thoughts and make them obedient to you. Thank you for your unlimited goodness and grace over my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, I just thank you for this word, Lord, that you've shared with us this morning. Lord, I just pray right now that everyone in this room would take captive thoughts in a new way. Lord, that they would understand the confidence that you have given them, the authority that you've given them to do these things, to take captive our thoughts. Lord, we submit them to you. We align them to your word. Lord, any thought that has been repetitive, maybe it's been an addiction that has been cycling in our lives for too long. Lord, we submit it to you this morning and we submit to submitting it again and again and again. Lord, we thank you for your word that is alive today, that has the abundant power to transform our lives. Lord, that we can do this. Lord, that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We're so grateful for this, Lord. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for your church. We love you. 